Shabbat Shalom, everyone. So today we're looking at uh, Parsha Shalach. There's so many things I could say about this Parsha that uh, you'll have to come to the study later on because we're going to go into some of them more deeply. But for now, I want to focus on just one thing. In this week's Parsha, we read in Numbers 15, 30, but the person who does anything defiantly, whether he's a native or an alien, that one is blaspheming the Lord, and that person shall be cut off from his people. And immediately following this command, this, this sentence, this uh, declaration of God, we are told about an incident which occurs in which a man goes about picking up sticks on Shabbat. You know, presumably he's going to make a fire uh, and is taken by the people, right? But by doing so, he violates the laws of Shabbat. And it, it seems that the reason that these things are juxtaposed the way they are in the scripture, in other words, they come one sequentially after the other, is because there's a correlation, right, between the one thing and the next. This is very often how Torah does its teaching. It gives us a commandment of God, and then it gives us something anecdotal, which is illustrative of the problem. So I'm thinking that this man deliberately went and picked up the sticks, you see. He knew what the rule was. He knew what the, he knew what the consequences would be, theoretically. But he deliberately decided that he would violate the command because, after all, he's the master of his own destiny. He failed to see what many of us fail to see and what becomes a systemic failure when we go back and think about what happened with the spies. That we do not see ourselves as God sees us. We, ha- we look into the mirror of our lives and we see what we want to see. Or we see what others have imposed upon us. Some vision of ourselves instead of who we really and truly are in God. And that's what I want to talk to us about, how we understand the truth of who we are. You know, that same problem is reflected in the spies. Think about it. Actually, uh, it doesn't tell us that they were spies. They would say they were princes of their tribes. Princes, every one of them. These were not random people who were picked by lottery. These were the leaders of the 12 tribes who went off into the land. They were the very leadership of the, of the people, the cream of the crop, supposedly. And we see what that caused when leadership fails, when we fail to see ourselves as we truly are. We not only bring ourselves down, We bring down everybody around us. And so we have to begin to envision ourselves. Particularly, I will talk to the leaders for a minute of this synagogue. 
That if you do not see yourself as that, step down. Step away. Because all you could ever do is hurt what we're trying to do. So we have to be the exemplars. The ones with the greatest faith. The ones with the most to win or lose. Only then can we lead. Otherwise we are unworthy. And God expects us to live up. That's the, me- that's the title of my message, Michael, this week. Live up. Never set the bar so low for ourselves that it's too easy to climb over. There would have been, been no 40 years of wandering in the desert had the leaders of Israel lived up. Jimmy Johnson, the former uh, uh, football coach of the Dallas Cowboys, everybody say boo. No, I know there's one Cowboy fan there. Okay. He, he said this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to paraphrase this quote just slightly. He said, treat people as uh, they, uh, let me see how I did this. Treat a person as he or she is, and he or she will remain as he or she is. Treat a person as if he or she were what they could be, and they will become what they could and should be. That was his philosophy, to treat everyone as they should be regardless of what they think of themselves, and help them to rise up to what they might very well become. And I want to suggest that this is exactly how God treats us. You know, immediately after that incident, in which the man is stoned to death by the community because he deliberately defied God, which, according to the rabbis, by the way, is an act of I, a blasphemy, idolatry. It's equated with idolatry because you defy God and set something else up in his place. Immediately after that, God gave us the commandment for tzitzis, for these fringes. He told us to make fringes for our garments in place of blue strand. We don't, the, the blue strand is lost because we've forgotten how to make the dye, although they're learning how to make it again. But here's my point. I'm going to talk to all the Jewish men in this group, every one of you Jewish men. If you're not wearing one of these, you're in defiance of God. Defiance. So, you need to be wearing one. It's a privilege to do so. Don't neglect it. I'm going to be checking next week. God expects us. He has great expectations of us. And we need to see ourselves as he sees us. In today's Besorah portion, we get a glimpse of this. How it is that God will treat us if we act with faithfulness. So if you have a Bible and you want to turn there, you can turn to Matthew chapter 10. We can begin at the beginning. And this is a portion regarding Yeshua's commission of his 12 disciples, the 12 apostles. <clears throat> I 
I want to begin with the second verse there. And it says, now the names of the twelve apostles are these. By the way, that's precisely how the twelve spies, the, 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 the story of the twelve spies begin. Now these are the names of the leaders of the twelve tribes. And he goes to the, from the tribe of Reuben, such and such, from the tribe of Simeon, such and such, and so on. And here is a parallel to that in this text, in which these are now sent out, commissioned to do a job. Shelach. Sent. It says, now the names of the twelves are these, and they're named there. We heard their names written, uh, read for us a few moments ago. Why is this important? It's important not only as that because these are representatives of all of Israel now in this work of redemption of the world beginning with Israel, but also because for, for God knows all of us by our name. Every one of us has a name. And that name is important to God. It means that he knows who we are and what we are to be doing. Each of us in the kingdom of heaven has a work to do. We're not here just to you know, live out our lives like everybody else and go mostly on, you know, meet our own personal ambitions and move on. We have a purpose. Otherwise, life is purposeless. You understand that? If you have no true purpose beyond yourself, you're nothing but a squirrel. I have squirrels, a hundred of them in my backyard. All they ever do, all they do is eat and die. Not it, unfortunately, not enough by my hand <laughs> to satisfy me, but... So what would make us any different than an animal unless there is a purpose in this world for which we were made? So understand first and foremost that God knows you by name and has given you a purpose. And it's our responsibility together to seek out that purpose for the sake of heaven and try our best to fulfill it. And so he names each one of them, even the betrayer, even the guy who fails at the task. Well, he didn't fail at the task. He did precisely what he was meant to do. Even him, I feel sorry for him. He had a job to do. And each one of us has, that, has something. Look beyond your nose. Because God looks beyond your nose. And has a purpose for you. In verse 1 it says, Yeshua summoned his twelve. And he gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out. And to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. God is an equipper. You know, the the scripture teaches us that each of us are given gifts. Gifts that we are to seek out in our life so that we might fulfill our purpose in in the kingdom of God. He equipped them. He didn't just say, all right, go out and see what you can do. It says he gave them authority because he had that authority from his father. And he passes that same authority for the redemption of the world onto us. That authority rests in us. And what we need to do is to exercise it. 
We need to go about doing it. But you see, look, if you're like the 12 spies, or, you know, at least 10 of them anyway, you go off in there, and all you see is what your eyes and your ears tell you. Right? That was the problem of the 10 spies, the 10 who could see. They came back with a report. They reported precisely what they saw with their eyes and their ears. When you read the account and you talk, when you, when you hear what Caleb and Joshua have to say, they speak beyond their eyes and their ears. See, we've come to the place in, in, in the world, in, 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 in the course of human events now, where we depend totally on our eyes and our ears. The five senses, that's it. That's called science. We measure everything. We could see it, and what we see, that is true. What we cannot see and cannot explain, that is not true. It's an absurdity on its face. You see? I'm reminded of Gehazi, the servant of uh, Elisha, who, fearing for the lives of some people who were going to be overrun by their enemies, uh, was complaining when Elisha said, look, on the, on the hill up, up above, they're surrounded by the angels of God. He could see that because he was looking with the eyes of his spirit. And nothing happened to those folks. There is a world beyond that which we can detect with all of our marvelous machinery. We're getting better, but we ain't there yet. God has equipped us. And we have to use that equipment with confidence in this world. Praying over the sick. Healing people. Um, what does he tell us we can do? Authority over unclean spirits. Cast them out. Heal every kind of disease and sickness. We can do that through the power of God. Not through some mumbo jumbo, but through the authority given to us by Hashem. So he's handpicked us. He's, he's given us the equipment to do the job. And he's assigned a territory to us. Again, look. In verses 5 and following, it says, These twelve Yeshua sent out after instructing them, Do not go in the way of the Gentiles, and don't enter any city of the Samaritans, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. That's our job right here. If you're not committed to that job, if you're here for another reason, you're here for the wrong one. Our responsibility is for the sake of the house of Israel. If you're coming here, you're not Jewish, you're not bringing Jewish friends, you're not doing the job. Jewish people, if you're, not, if you're, if you're here, but you're not, you're not reaching out to your own family and friends, you're not doing the job. That's the job. That's our job for the sake of Israel. We cannot get sidetracked from that job. Messiah Yeshua said, listen, don't, you know, don't go there. Someone else will get there. Don't worry about it. I got that covered. But I need for you to do this. And so he assigns us a task. And we have to put our heart and our soul, our mind, everything we have into the fulfillment of that task. He's given us the equipment to do it and handpicked those of us for the job. 
What more do we need? Except to see it that way. To look in the mirror and see precisely what God wants us to do. And who exactly we are. You see, that's why the tzitzes are important, people. It's not exactly the coolest, you know, fashion statement in America today. Might have been once upon a time. But when we look at these things, we're reminded of precisely who we are. Precisely. And what the task is. And our fathers were so wise to put 613 knots in every single one of them to remind us that all of the misvote are ours. And in one way or another, we have to make every effort to try to fulfill them. This is a sign of our identity. Like wearing a uniform. Because that's who we are supposed to be. So we have to see that. Just like those spies. They need, they, <laughs> the problem was that, you know, they go, it tells us they went into the land and they saw that it was a beautiful land. They brought grapes back that were the size of trucks, you know, melons, and all of this marvelous stuff. All the, everything God said about the land was true. But then they said, wow, but the people are pretty big. They devour, you know, they devour people, others. And the sons of Anak are there. We're scared. Instead of saying, we are the sons of God. And God has given us the land, let's go. It's 11 days journey from the, from the river to Beersheba. And it took us 40 years to get there. We don't need to w- wait forever for the fulfillment of what we are supposed to be. We need to take command of it because Messiah Yeshua has given us the authority for it now one last thing and that is God has great expectations you know he's given us he handpicked us he equipped us gave us our territory but now he has expectations will we Make the effort to live up to those expectations. Look at it, says in verses 7 and following, it says, As you go preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, freely you received and freely give. I expect this from you. Go ahead and do it. Of course, we know they came back and there were some things they could not do. Didn't know how. They needed to be taught further. But I want, to, I want to go further in this text because Messiah Yeshua is a realist, you know. He knows that not everyone will receive the message. And so in verse 16 and following, he says, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be shrewd as serpents and innocent as doves. Beware of men, for they'll hand you over to the courts and scourge you in the synagogues. And you will even be brought before governors and kings for my sake and as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. But when they hand you over, do not, don't worry about how or what you're going to say, for I will, it will be given to you in that hour what you are to say. 
For it is not you who speaks, but it is the Spirit of your Father who speaks in you. You know, it's not that the task is not easy because the world does not want it. That's the problem, right? That's the big problem. And that's the thing that scares us. See, there are giants in the land. The sons of Anak live there. And you know what? They're not going to want you taking their territory from them. Completely understandable. But futile if we remember who we are. It was inevitability that the children of Israel should take the land, yeah? It may have taken another generation to do it. And I've always wondered about that as I, you know, I've been involved in Messianic Judaism since its earliest days. And I've often wondered, were we going to be the, was mine going to be the generation that was going to die in the desert? Because we didn't have the foresight to take the land in fullness. The jury is still out. But I know one thing. We have to rally around the truth of who we are if we have any hope of success. So, how are we going to go about doing this? Remember what I told you. Men, all you Jewish men. This is the uniform. Make sure you're wearing it. Remember who you are. All of you who are here, Jew or not Jew, remember what our territory is, the Jewish people, to reach out, to bring together the remnant of Israel. Because then, in, only then, when that happens, will the Messiah return. It's the remnant that will bring him back. You see? And don't worry about the resistance that you will receive. It's only natural when you're taking away somebody else's territory. And that's our job. So I want to re- remind you something. I, uh, this is why well, I wasn't here last week was I had the privilege of going to a, a bar mitzvah of some friends. Some of you may know the Harrisons, Mary and uh, David Harrison, and their son, uh, Jules, was having his bar mitzvah. Now, if you know the family, you know that Jules uh, is severely autistic. And so his life has been rather challenging, to say the least. But I was so proud of them last week, I have to tell you. I, I, I really had a happy, prideful moment when this young man got up and sang his Haftar. Because he could just as easily have been put away. It would have been the easy thing to put him away and get him out of the way. Right there, the son is a perfectly normal 10-year-old boy. <laughs> and why not focus their attention on him, right? No. They demanded the highest level of performance from him. And so does God of us. He makes me realize that with hard work and dedication and with people who love you and care for you, you can accomplish anything in the world. And God has given us all authority in Messiah Yeshua, has given us a territory to claim as our own. 
equipped us in every way. And we should live up to what God expects of us to. I hope we can do that together. Amen.